What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Leadership Lean In, where we are leaning in to the subject of leadership, trying to get a little bit better, trying to ask questions, trying to understand, trying to gain knowledge and insight and understanding. We have an unbelievable guest today, none other, pastor of Shoreline Church in the great nation of Dallas, Texas, is with us today, Earl McClellan, one of my favorite people. You're going to love him. Make sure you subscribe uh, on any, uh, is it device or outlet? Any platform, any we, any platform. We don't need to edit it out. We just this is kind of we'll just add this to the podcast. This is kind of fun. I'm trying to understand any platform. That's the word. The word is platform. YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you're streaming in from. Thank you to everybody. I know some people are on the run right now. You can do it. Keep going. Some people are in the car. Some people are right there on the plasma. Some people are watching this in groups. We are very grateful for the leaners. That's right, people. We have our name now. Leadership leaning people, we are leaners. We don't lean back or do the rock away. We lean in trying to understand how to become the best leaders we can become. So without further ado, I'm going to jump right in. We just recorded with this man. He is a savage leader. Unbelievable. Best of the best. We are going to go right now to the interview with in fact, today we're adding six words to your leadership vocabulary. Check this out with Pastor Earl McClellan. Let's go. My man. What's up? Come on. Thank I'm you so up, much. Man. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on and be on the Leadership Lean In podcast. I'm leaning in right now. I'm as close to you and this mic as I can possibly be. I'm <laughs> leaned in. I'm leaned in. You know, we you know how Beyonce has the, the beehive. Yes. You know, we have we have glowingly now named the leadership lean in audience. We are the leaners. Oh, okay. Not lean back though. It's not lean no, back. No, we're not lean back. We're not doing the it's rock away. Yeah. We're I hear leaning you. I hear you. in. Cause mm. you know, I think I think we came up with the name because you know how like you ever go to a, a place to speak and everybody kind of leans back to see what you have? Oh yes, yes. Every it, Sunday. Every Sunday it, at my church. <laughs> <laughs> but then like you go somewhere it's like you know people are leaning in they're just listening to every word it's like mm -hmm. those are the hungry ambitious leaders that want to grow right. that are that are aspirational that are trying to change the world so leadership leaning if you listening we lean in yes i love it i love it and I've already given you a uh, a of course a a proper introduction but man you are a leader of leaders, you're the you're the best of the best, the top of the top. You are so classy, you're so kind. kind. What I love about you, Earl, is you always have joy. You always carry such wisdom, but you always exude so much life and energy. I got to start. Where do you get your energy? Drugs. <laughs> <laughs> no, Someone was ready. Someone was ready to write down the answer. Like. That's all right. Write it down. Wait, what Wait, does hold, drugs hold stand for? What did he say? <laughs> yeah, is that an acronym? That's yeah, right. desire, <laughs> responsibility. That's right. Under undeniable. Yeah, undeniable. Yeah. Yes, we. Uh, no, man. God has been so kind and gracious to me. My mom says I've been like this my whole life. So I think some of it is going to be in genetics, and then I think, of course, a lot of it is going to be I recognize who I am apart from Him, and I'm just incredibly grateful that He's given me the opportunity to live this life, love, serve people, 
to the truth of the matter is, Chad, and thank you so much for having me on here because I just think you are the best of the best and you and your family just bring so much life and joy everywhere you go. Uh, but my, um, I'm living the dream right now. My wife and my kids, I dreamed of being a husband and a father when I was 15, 16 years old. So I'm in that right now. So all this other, these other blessings have been gravy, my friend. I mean, God has been better to me than I deserve. And it has been the joy of my life to try to pour as much of that joy and hope and life into as many people as I can. So thank you for those kind words. But really, man, I'm just giving what he already gave me, which is really what we're all doing with every gift that we have, right? I mean, we're, this is all borrowed clothes. Everything, we're, we're, the, the things that people are celebrating us for, we got from him, right? That's so I was, I was in his closet and I'm wearing his sneakers. <laughs> I got on his Letterman's jacket and people are like, oh, you look at that drip. And I'm like, man, these are all these are all from his closet, right? So I'm wow. just I'm just happy to be on the journey. I love the way you say that, and I love that perspective. That's, you know, I think what happens is a lot of us we get so enamored or distracted with the things of the earth, mm -hmm. possessions, fame, finance, toys. We lose sight of the mission, yeah. and. It's 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 just the distraction that comes with life. And I think great leaders, I heard someone say recently, faith has a focus. Any great leader has an incredible amount of focus, discipline. Uh, they live undistracted lives. You know, they don't look to the right or to the left. They don't even live in a lot of comparison. Hmm. They just have that ability to go, this is why I'm here. This is what my goals are. These are my values. This is my vision. And I'm going to stay on that. How have you been able to stay on mission for so Because I met you years ago. Oh, years and ago, And you were this, this guy. You've always kind of been a mission-minded person. You know, and every leader that's listening right now, they're listening because they, they, they're on that aspirational yeah, curve yeah, yeah, that's right, to try that's and right. do, I something. do something. I want to make How a difference. How have you been able to maintain yeah. that? Well, that's, that's, again, kind of, of you to say, uh, one of my favorite books of the Bible, Nehemiah. What a great book. And I think it's Nehemiah chapter four. It may be chapter six, but I'm pretty sure it's chapter four. And he's been tasked with rebuilding this wall, right? So everyone who's listening, th there's some task, there's some mission. Uh, if you're a follower of Christ and you're listening to this, then obviously we have a mission to raise up other Christ-like leaders, make disciples is what how Jesus puts it. Uh, if you are in the business world, I would dare say that's still your mission, even though you may be in, you know, in the marketplace and you know, you've got profit margins and all those different things. But, but Nehemiah has this mission to rebuild this wall. He had this massive burden on his heart in chapter one. Fast forward, he's gone through prayer, he's gone through crying, he's gone through tremendous amounts of favor. And here he is, and now they're rebuilding the wall, and he has opposition, which is always a part of any movement forward, right? You cannot get around it. I wish I would stop being surprised when I feel opposition. And that means right. I'm obviously doing something right. But right. why do I keep being surprised every time? Why do I keep praying, Lord, take this away when it mm -hmm. is kind of baked into the whole Whole story. Anyway, here's Nehemiah, and he is doing his thing, man. He's really building the walls, and these guys, Tobiah and Sam Ballot, hey, come meet with us in the plain of Oh No, right? Uh, and anytime <laughs> that's the name of a place, you don't want to go there. If it's named Oh No, <laughs> if it's named it, 
I heard somebody say the answer is in the question. <laughs> that was you. <laughs> so, so here they are. Kind of backfired plane. on me, but yes. <laughs> so here, here he is in the plane. They say, "Come meet us on the plane of Onu," and he says, "I'm carrying on a great work. Mm. Why should the work stop? Why should I come down from this wall and the work stop and me go out there to you mm. four times, Chad?" Four times they send him the same message and four times he gives them the same answer. So uh, I, I don't dare want to put myself in the category of Nehemiah. You know, I'm, I'm mm. struggling and learning and trying to figure this whole thing out. Right. But I do feel like God has given us a great work. And this great work is building people. It's definitely not building my name. It's definitely not trying to build some empire of mine. It's trying to build the kingdom of mm. Jesus Christ and point as many people to him as possible and see his life and his love fill them and see them transform from the inside out. And, and people make a difference in their realm of influence the way God called them to. So with all that being said, I got, I got to have great memory about right. why God even put me here, right? Why why did he put me here? Because if I if I start forgetting why he put me here, then I might start drifting to the plane of, oh no. I might start thinking this is about me. I might start thinking it's about my pain or my issues. And when, when in actuality, it's not about any of those things. Right. This is about his name and his fame and trying to complete that mission, that task, right? That he has given all of us. It's amazing. I love that. It's so well said. And I'm, I'm very thankful. I'm appreciative that you keep that perspective and you keep that resilience about mm -hmm. your life. You know, I think leadership is never obsessed with results. Of course, we all want results. Yeah. yeah. But we understand that most of leadership, we're all on a pilgrimage. That's right. We're all on a journey. Yeah. It's a process. Mm -hmm. And the success, it can never be just simplified down to numbers. They can't. Because the numbers cannot. don't tell the greater story of the no. life changes happening in you and through what you're trying to accomplish. Okay, I love so that, man. I love that. Sorry, I want to do I want to do something with you. We've never done this. All right, we're ready. We're ready. In the history of leadership laying in, we've never leaned in like this before. We're gonna play a game, and it's called six words. That okay. you need in your leadership vocabulary. Ooh, okay. So I'm I'm gonna throw out a word, and we're just gonna what what comes to mind. What do you think? Okay, okay. We'll talk. We can we can talk about the word, but I just six words. I think every leader that's listening needs in their leadership vocabulary. Is there game show music? Oh. Maybe in the post-production, they could add some music. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Some yeah, elevator was, music. Yeah, yeah, something, something. Maybe, uh -huh. maybe like a little uh, graphic right now. Yeah, yeah, a little Jeopardy. Leadership vocabulary, a little mm -hmm, Jeopardy. That's mm -hmm. a great yeah, call. Yeah, yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. here is word number one. What comes to mind when you hear the word? It's a leadership word now. Right. Patience. Ooh, 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 ooh. Well... I think my wife, <laughs> who's been incredibly <laughs> patient with me. <laughs> right. 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 You got one of those. You got one of those amazing wives. Man. Man, patience. What an interesting word. Mm. And what an important leadership word. Because if you and I get too frustrated with the process, mm. we will quit and abort the mission that God has given us. Mm. 
So if I don't have a level of patience, mm. I'm not going to be able to last in this thing that God has called me to, and, and neither will anyone else. Because if there's anything, if anything is true in the Bible, if anything is true in life, this is a long game. I mean, this, this is going to take a minute. If you're going to accomplish anything that's worthwhile and you want to accomplish it in two weeks and seven hours, then your mission and mindset is off. That's not how it works. Uh, you want to go way back in the day, they'll say Rome wasn't built in a day. Of course it wasn't, but neither was Tesla, neither was Apple, wow. neither have been, shoot, Chad Veach and the amazing Zoe Church and all that God is doing. You know, you got 40 something years right now where God has been shaping you and grooming you and molding right. you and helping you become the man that you are. And, and as amazing as you are, you know, you're not done growing. So if you don't have that patience and I don't tend to, I'm not a big Enneagram person, but they, I think I'm a three on the Enneagram, what they're telling me. Right. So I guess I'm that achiever. Right. And so I, I, I'm reading about this now and I don't like what I'm reading because it's, it's hitting too close to home. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. With that being said, uh, since I do want to get things done and everybody listening to this wants to get things done and wants mm. to cross T's and dot I's and have results and all of those different things. But if we are about people and about his kingdom, then God's not thinking just an hour. He thinks generationally. Come on. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's how he thinks. Look at the genealogies that you have in scripture. Look mm -hmm. how in the New Testament, he's going all the way back to, we got the first Adam and then the second Adam. You got all these things that God, he's putting all these clues all the way throughout. John the Baptist's parents. John the Baptist was this great man of God, the preparer coming before Jesus, but his parents had to wait forever for him to even be conceived. And they were great people, godly people, loving people, serving wow. in church, leaders yep. in church, but they still had to wait a long time. Joseph, how many people do we need to go through? Everybody's story that we want to celebrate has process and patience built into it. And for whatever <laughs> reason, we think we get to skip that part. Yeah. And we just yeah. don't. So once we embrace it, I man. think now we can enjoy the journey even more, man. That's a great I, word. A great leadership I, word. That and that right there, yeah. I mean, you just broke it down so well. The thing that I always am, am amazed with patience is just because I was patient in one season, or just because I was patient, you know, in mm -hmm. this situation does not mean I will be patient in the next. Yeah, yeah. You know, that that that's why, you know, for, for us as faith people, the fruit of the Spirit, which is mm -hmm. the result of a relationship with God, allows us to receive patience yeah. so that yeah. we can walk in patience. You, you look mm -hmm. at Moses. Moses, yeah. he's been patient, 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 patient. And then just right there at the end, he gets impatient ah. Whew, and he squanders yeah. the whole thing. So yeah. just because you're a patient leader when you're in your 20s or your 30s or mm -hmm. during the building or during whatever it is, you patience is that thing as a leader that I must exercise and so, walk in constantly. And the patience I use for myself is the patience I give to others. That is very, very true. That is very true. So patience is an essential part of leadership. Okay, word number two. What okay. comes to mind when I use the word in leadership? Confrontation. 
Ooh, necessary to growth is what comes to my mind. I mean, you are not going anywhere without it. And definitely if you're leading any team, you're not getting anywhere without it. Uh, I love things coming together, right? Yeah. I, 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 God wired me like this. You're wired like this. We like to bring people together, different yeah. backgrounds. Even if somebody's listening to this podcast right now, they're like, I'm not really a person of faith. They're like, okay, come on in, come yeah, on in. Yeah, yeah, let, yeah. Let, let's, let's connect together, right? You, you, right. Don't, you don't have to believe everything I believe for in order for us to be friends. So c- come on in here. Um, but I'm not changing what I believe, but you don't have to change what you believe in order for us to be friends. So, so right. come on in, come on in. Exactly. So we, we, we love this bringing worlds together. Well, whenever we do, goodness gracious, there can be so much stuff that can happen. There's so many sparks that can fly. And on the teams uh, I'm leading, whether it's in my family or at the office or shoot on a basketball court, wherever it might be, I don't operate well with people pulling opposite directions. Mm -hmm. If I can feel that, I don't like it. Yep. So I would, I'd rather treat people the way I want to be treated. Mm. And the way I would want to be treated is I would want someone to come to me, mm. to be honest with me, and to share it with me straight. You don't have to sugarcoat yep. it. You don't have to be mean. I don't want mm. you to be mean. I want you to be honest. I want you to be loving. But just tell me what you're thinking. Mm. And I think if we would begin to treat people the way we want to be treated. You remember that That's book? Uh, this is an old book, old book, um, but it's still a wonderful book. Good to Great. Ooh, Jim um, Collins. Jim Collins, great book uh, to read. And in that book, he's talking about CEOs that were talked about when they want to hear some bad news. And when they want to hear the bad news, they say they want to hear it just straight. But then when they share bad news with somebody else, they take a rabbit trail. So they're saying like, I can handle it straight, but the people can't handle it straight. And I just don't think that's accurate. I right. think we ought to believe more in people, give them more of the benefit of the doubt. Of course, we've all been burned at times, but to say, hey, I want to share this with you in a loving, kind, respectful way. I'm going to, I have some emotions connected to this, but let me just tell you not just what I felt, but what you did and how it also made me feel. And if we can, if we're committed to this relationship, committed to this team, committed to this goal, committed to this vision, whatever it might be, I think we can get through this, but we're, we, we've hit our cap already if we're not willing to confront this. And I think any championship team has gone through this, any championship organization has gone through this, and you got to have some people on the team that are willing to ruffle feathers some, not just for the sake of ruffling feathers, but they care so much about where we're trying to go that I will deal with that momentary, that that temporary discomfort so we can have long-term gains. Man, that is that that is it right there. And I always think, you know, confrontation to me is an opportunity yeah. to build trust. Yeah. You, you don't lose trust with people you confront if you do it well. That's right. You actually build respect. You build trust because I always think the person that comes to confront me just to air out their garbage they're not confronting me. They're actually criticizing me. That's right. But the That's person that has my best interest, their mm-hmm. best interest, and the team's best interest, I know they've wrestled through ego. This is not yeah. about them. This is about mm-hmm. we. And I respect them. 
and they're actually trying to build that, a bridge. They can feel if you're really for them yes. or you're about your agenda. I, I believe that. I believe that. So I think confrontation is a massive, massive deal in leadership. And if you tolerate or allow things that are against your values and you refuse to confront them, that says a lot about you. Yes. People are inadvertently taking notes and they know that about you. And they kind of find it funny. Wait, you say we value this, but you refuse. You let so-and-so do this. Why mm -hmm. won't you confront it? It needs to be added into our leadership. Okay, third yes. word. Now, third I'm, gonna, word. I'm, I'm using two words here. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm violating the game already and violating okay. my own rules. Seven rules of leadership. Seven yeah, yeah, words. seven words. Okay, talking about risk-taking as a leader. Oh, now this is a fun one, okay? Let me take this from a different angle. I At like least it. maybe a different angle than some might, might, might see it. When Peter steps out of the boat, and those of you who are in the Bible, you remember the story. Those of you who aren't in the Bible, you know, go, I think it's Matthew chapter 14, the gospel of Matthew chapter 14, great, powerful story. Here, Jesus is on the water and he asks or calls Peter out to him on the water. Okay. It's, mm. it's phenomenal. Um, and of course, we all, I think, see risk taking as, whoa, I'm trying something that's hard, something I've never done before. It's outside of my comfort zone. Okay, I, I think all of that's true. Um, but you know what I deal with, Chad, and I think some people who are listening or watching right now may be dealing mm. with, is when you're in that boat with your peers, Wow, there's 12 disciples, and Peter is one of these 12. He's got friends, relatives. I mean, it, this these are his boys. They are all together. This is his crew. And now he is about to take a step. It can feel like away from them because Jesus has called him out on the water. Mm. And my struggle with risk-taking is not necessarily believing God for big things or trying things that are maybe impossible. I think I'm willing to do that. My bigger struggle comes with looking at my peers thinking, what will they think about what I'm doing? Great. Great. Will they think that I think <laughs> that I'm better than them? <laughs> you know, now I'm so just good. getting all jacked so up real. in the head, right? Wait, so real. Will, will they think that I think that I have more faith in them? Will they think that I think, fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. You know what? Let me just stay in this boat with them then my relationship with them stays strong and healthy and good. I don't ruffle any feathers and we all get to be in this boat together, man. And I think for some folks who are listening right now, Jesus is saying, Hey, one of the greatest things you can do for your friends is take that step, man. Cause it's going to give them the strength and the faith that they need to take the steps Christ is calling them to take. So oh, that's my little take on risk-taking. That is a great angle. I did not see that coming. I've never heard anybody say that. That is phenomenal. And I think that is part of the problem. And, mm -hmm. and it's, it's you know, to quote Jesus, he says, anytime you step out, you got to count the cost. You're going to build something great as a leader? You got to count the cost. Right. Part of counting the cost is realizing I'm going to be up for scrutiny. 
I'm actually choosing a life of loneliness. Leadership Mm -hmm. can be very lonely. I'm going to be criticized for this. My motives will be questioned. Right? But I'm willing to take the risk. Why? Because of look at what I could build Look at what I what's on my life. What's look at what's in my heart, mm-hmm. and I'd rather face all that and take the risk than to play it safe oh, and to man. stay at home. I love that angle. Okay, here's the fourth word. Okay, is we're gonna stay in the R's. Talk to me about okay. the word in your leadership vocabulary. The word recruiting. Oh, good word. Are we dropping R's? Yeah, yeah, that's a good word. An important word. Um, And I would say the purpose of recruiting for us Mm. is for reproducing, to throw another R on there. So I want to bring people in, not so that I can have another person in, but so that I can build another person up to become who God is calling them to be. So. The recruitment is the necessary piece to get them to where I actually want them to be. I want them to be a Christ-like leader. I want them to be a passionate follower of Jesus. I want them to be the best leader, single person, husband, wife, business owner, supervisor, artist, you name it. I want them to be the best version they can be. So in order for that to happen, Mm -hmm. you don't get to go from just A to Z. You got to go through the whole alphabet. So that recruitment, if I don't even have you with me, look at Jesus, right? He's walking around going, hey, man, follow me. Oh, oh, okay. Dropping stuff. First, I got to get you with me. First, I got to get you on the team. Now, the other thing that Christ did that that can sometimes get lost in that recruitment piece is he had to be a leader worth following. Mm. And and he took the time to become that leader worth following. And, and, And for us to have the weight in our words that we need to recruit the people to be what we even want them to be, then we want to make sure we're the type of leaders that people even want to be around. And that doesn't mean you have to be as fun and life-giving as you are. They come in all different temperaments, all the accountants on here right now. God bless you. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> all the type, to... all the ones on the Instagrams, yeah. all yes. the eights. Yeah, I get it, yes. I get it. You don't have to have a certain, you don't have to be a seven in order to be able to bring people in, but you do have to be authentic. You do Beautiful. have to be genuine. You do have to be loving. You do need to be others-oriented. Great. If not, of course, people will work for you, but you won't have their hearts. You know, you just have their hands, not their hearts. Uh, but right. if you want people's hearts, then we're going to need to be willing to be the type of people they want to be around and they would like to be like at some mm-hmm. point in time. And I think then that opens them up even more to like, yeah, let's jump on this journey together. I love, wow. I love that word. It's necessary, necessary. It's so necessary. And I think in leadership, one of the main things when it comes to recruiting is if I'm a good recruiter, I can see in others what they cannot see in themselves. That's right. That's right. It's very rare that you recruit somebody that's walking, you know, basketball, you know, they they go visit a five-star, you know, Coach Calipari or Coach Roy Williams mm-hmm. goes and they take the jet and they go, you know, fly and they meet with, the, you know, the parents and the, and the kid. And he's a five-star. He's got 10 other schools looking at him. He knows he's gold. Yeah. Most people that you and I are recruiting, most leaders listening to this right now, the people you are recruiting, they cannot see in themselves That's right. what you see. 
That's right. And so because you see gold, when everybody sees garbage, you see potential, you see possibility, you it's your privilege mm-hmm. to build into them the A to Z, confidence, That's character, right. competence, right. charisma, yep, yep. chemistry. All the patience, build, comes, all, that, all the patience is part of that too, right? Because now it's a journey we're on. It's so good, man. And, I, and, 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 and by the way, um, I'm pouring into who I recruit. And yet, I want none of the credit. Great leadership to me is I see in you, if you can give me some time, I can turn you into something that's lethal. But when I'm done, I don't want any of the credit because it's up to you to adhere, make decisions, submit, so on and so forth. So there's a tension there. I can make you lethal, but I don't want any of the credit because you made the decision I love to, that. to put in the work. Okay, here's oh, another one. Number five. Here's the fifth word. It's the okay. sixth because we did risk-taking, but you get it. Number five, <laughs> talk to me about the word attitude. Oh, now this is an important word, right? A vital word. Uh, it it uh, This is the thing that really is the filter mm. through which you and I operate. So... So this attitude that you and I choose really helps to determine the problems, the pains, the the successes, the failures, all these different things that come at us with life and leadership. Our attitude is like that filter that those things come through. So we can't really stop life from happening. That's not right. That's not possible. You know, uh, even if we lived in a bubble, and shoot, even the NBA bubble, they still had life happening to them. So it doesn't matter what type of bubble we would want to create. We still have to filter all of the stuff that comes our way. So now we have to choose this attitude. And I I love, I love this word. Um, And you probably heard this saying throughout the course of your life, but that attitude of gratitude and I, I don't mean to, you know, to stick some weird cliche on it, but this is one of the most powerful attitudes a person can take in any area of their life. 100%. If you and I will live with through the filter and the prism of gratitude, it will adjust every situation, even the craziest, darkest, most difficult situations. And we'll still cry tears. Oh yeah, we'll still be frustrated. Uh, oh, we'll yeah. still wish it was something different. You know, you have all of that stuff, but there is something about a person who can't even feed themselves, but says, "I thank you, God. I can taste my food." Mm-hmm. It's just like, wait, what? What? Yeah, yeah. And when you're around that, you're like, what? Okay, okay, God, save me again. You know, God, open <laughs> yeah, up my yeah, heart, God, make me a better person. Yeah. Um, you know, Chad, I, I, even your family and and so many others, like you know, that are in your church and people that are in your world. I mean, there's hell that all of us have walked through. All, all of us have gone through something that's just like this is yep. this is terrible. And some things maybe we haven't even shared with anybody yet because mm. it's too difficult to talk to somebody about. Mm. But I would encourage us not only to express, you know, the pain that happened but to then figure out a way to get another filter on it. And we don't have mm. to be thankful for what happened, but I mm. think we can be thankful through whatever happened. Yeah, that's and great. That we get the opportunity to even 
be on the other side of it with a mm. chance to share part of our story about the faithfulness of God, mm. it can really impact. I've been through some things like everybody on here. I wish my life was perfect, man. You know, I mean, I go through when I was a kid, my mm. dad wasn't there and go through, you know, everybody's got, whether it's abuse or sickness mm. or whatever. And uh, I, I don't have a perfect life, but I just am thankful God that I get to even be on this podcast right now and serve all your amazing children that are listening to this and, and see my man, Chad. And thank you for the relationship that I have with him. And thank you for the ears that I have. And thank you for this, these big lips that you gave me. And thank you God, for these long <laughs> arms. Thank you. I mean, all the different things. God, just thank yeah, you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. And it changes the filter and it can change an entire room. It can change it. a whole family. It can change Come a whole on. organization. That, that That is so good. You know, the reality is exactly what you're saying. There are so many things in leadership I cannot control. I can't control what happens to me. I can't control what other people's do. But one thing I can control, that is my attitude. Yeah. And if I do that, we can lead really, really well. We can get out, out of almost any situation. Okay. okay, that was brilliant. Last one. Here's the last word, number six. Okay. We're, we came in hot. We're leaving hot. This is one of my favorite words in any leader's vocabulary, and it's the word empowerment. Ooh, Talking about empowering great. others. How do you define this and walk in this in your leadership? Oh, man, how do I define it? Um, and how do I walk in it? Great, great question. I, I love this word, too and talk about another necessary component of leadership. And you wanna talk about the master, the Jedi master of all of this is Christ himself, because here is one man, dies on a cross, gets out of this tomb, and then he tag teams in these disciples. And here you and I are today because they continue to carry his message. Right. And here we are thousands of years later, and we have allowed our lives, and or maybe not allowed, but God has impacted our lives so much that we're still sharing the same story. I mean, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing. Phenomenal. Talk about a telephone game, right? To start at one point and to get all the way to the end. So the empowerment piece, the giving away, you see Jesus uh, constantly saying, okay, disciples, um, I want you to give them something to eat. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. No, no, it's, we, we, we ain't got nothing. You know, yeah, yeah, talking yeah, about. yeah. You're great. That's great. <laughs> but to your point earlier, Jesus, like, I see something in you. I see something. I'm telling you, you got more in you than you realize. Okay. You don't think you have anything in you. Let me show you how to do this. And then he shows them, but they were a part of the miracle. They're holding the baskets as the people Amazing. are walking up and the baskets are being emptied person after person. And you can see Peter going, I'm sorry, there's no more weight. Oh my gosh. How did this basket, what is going on here? What, <laughs> what in the world of David Copperfield is this? Uh, you can feel like it's going on, but this is no, this is not magic friends. This is a miracle that is taking place. And Jesus lets them put their hands on the miracle. Uh, I heard this really practical thing years ago, Jesus' flow. Uh, I do, you watch. I do, you help. You do, I help. You do, I watch. 
That right. progression right there is a really, really practical way that we can empower individuals that are around us, whether it's my kids, whether it's in our church family, wherever it might be. It's like, okay, guys, right. you don't know what to do. I'm going to show you. Okay, now I want you, I want you to help me do it. Okay, now your turn to do it. I'm going to help you do it. Okay, you go ahead and do it. I'm just going to watch uh, from afar. And that progression right there is very, very practical. But what's necessary for people to go, oh, my gosh, I want to own this. This is not That's yours awesome. anymore. Now it's ours. This is this is mine. We are in this together. And that's awesome. when you hit, I mean, you hit a groove and a momentum like you can't imagine when people aren't doing it for you, but they're doing it for us and they're doing it for him. And it's like all of us it, rowing the same direction at the same time with that same cadence. Man, the momentum that can happen in those times is just otherworldly, quite honestly. I love that. Man, that that right there, that is it, right? That gets me excited because to me, that's what leadership is about. It's not just the recruiting. In mm-hmm. fact, I think most people can recruit. Anybody can get you know, a team to show up. It's a people to mm-hmm. the house. And But can you give away responsibility? Yeah. That's right. Can you delegate? Can you really empower, right. give authority okay. away? It's the first yeah. Jesus, first time Jesus gets 12 guys, gives him authority. Next yeah. time it grows to 70, gives him authority. That's right. He needs to go back to the Father. Last thing he says, I give you yeah. all the authority. That's and right. so the leadership is about the day of the Lone Ranger is done. It's over. We don't want any superheroes. Nope, nope. The superhero in leadership is the one that can go, you go do this. And I trust you, you go do that. Now, we cannot abdicate, which is just totally neglecting, you know, the follow-up process and the participation. Mm -hmm. So I'm not talking about being irresponsible. I'm saying give authority away and participate with the people you have given authority to. These were brilliant definitions. You are, by definition, a brilliant leader. And thank you for what you're doing in Dallas, Texas. If anybody's listening... Now that the great nation of Texas is back open, <laughs> when you are in Dallas, you got to go to Shoreline Come hang and out. see my man, Pastor Earl McClellan. We love you, bro. You're a hero at Zoe. Love you. love You're you, a man. hero uh, to me, and I just... I'm, a, I'm trying to be like you, bro. Hey, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful you're in the double bogey club. As I told you, I'm the triple bogey club. I appreciate your heart. I love your desire to empower and pour into others. And thank you so much for letting me have some time just to connect with you. I'm already better just by being around you. And I pray every leader who heard this is just empowered, encouraged, and pushed forward to become all that Christ has called them to be. Come on, man. You're the best. Well, you come to L.A. soon or I'm coming to to, to Don't Mess With Texas soon. We got to hang soon, all right? We got to do it, man. Love you. All right. Love you, man. Thank you.